0: Bible this morning. I hope you do. Praise God. Turn with me to the book of 2 Peter. 2 Peter. Well, as you saw on the sign out there, we're ministering on a particular subject this morning called Becoming an Always Answered Asker. Point to yourself right there. Say, I'm I'm an Always always Answered answered answered. Asker. Amen. Well, that's what God intended. How many of y'all know Jesus was an Always Answered, asker. He never, he never just threw one out there and said, I wonder if this will work. Or, you know, it doesn't hurt to ask or whatever. The Lord Jesus always got his prayers answered. I suspect he probably wasn't just asking everything that came to his mind. Amen. I mean, in the sense of I could ask for this or I could ask for that. He, he wanted to make sure that he had everything in place so that every time he went to the Father, he knew it was an already answered deal. You know, we ought to know the answer before we go and ask the question. We ought to already know the answer. Amen. Well, look here in 2 Peter chapter 1. We looked at this verse last week, and we want to continue on that a little bit, uh, talking about the promises. The first week we looked at some things concerning attitudes and thinking about being an always answered asker, that it's not just, you know, that God's up there like a, like a jury and that He's, you know, He's deciding. He's already decided. How many of y'all know the Lord's already decided? He's already decided to bless you. He's already decided that you're good. Well, you don't know what I've done. Well, Jesus, we know what he did, and it just made up. So we looked at some attitudes and some ways to think about being always answered. And then the next week, we looked at the integrity of the Word of God, that you can't really get your prayers answered until you believe this right here, until you believe this thing is, is God's Word from front to back, from the table of contents to the maps, that God's Word has integrity, and that if he said it, he will do it. And that if we ask him according to this and by this, it's a done deal. Well, that's kind of hard. There's some verses in there that are just pretty broad. And, and, you know, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them. Jesus said, you shall have them. My, my, my. And then last week we looked at the promises. Looking over there and getting into the uh, to how God's answers come. And we, ha- we have to be specific. God designed a system for getting your prayers answered, and He wants you to work the system. And that's what it says here in, in, in chapter 1 of 2 Peter, verse 2. The Word says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. How many of y'all could just receive that right now, grace and peace in your life? Well, it's going to come through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So we're in the place this morning to receive grace and peace. And then verse three says, according this, this, grace will be multiplied according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Well, I want to ask you this morning, what's exempted right there? What is it that God says, I just can't help you in this area? When he said, I've given you all things that pertain to life and godliness in other words, you can't ask for something that's illegal or immoral or, or whatever and say, well, you said ask all things. He said, you know, all things that pertain to life and that are also pertaining to godliness. So if it's Godward and it pertains to your life, God's already in the driver's seat. He's already saying yes. Now the major thing, the, the, the biggest hindrance to people receiving the prayers answered is, is their own worthiness. It, we've put it over on God that God was fickle, but God's not fickle. He's, he's willing. Say he's willing. he's willing. He's willing, and we know he's able, so he's willing. The problem has been receiving it. You can have a 10,000-gallon drum of something wonderful, but if you're trying to put it in a Coke bottle, you might not get that thing in there if you have to do it in 30 seconds. You may not get the whole $10,000 through a Coke bottle hole. You're going to have to have some, uh, some, uh, some sort of funneling device, something under pressure. And so it's not been God. God's been willing to get everybody everything they need. It's been us to receive it. Religion has come in and said that God wouldn't or that God didn't. Religion has said you're disqualified, that, that you, what you did or what you've become or how you're thinking has disqualified you. And it just isn't Bible. I said it's just not according to the Word of God. The blood of Jesus has cleansed us from all unrighteousness. The blood of Jesus has gone and stood between us and Him and said, it's okay, I'll take this one. And we are clean by that blood. The father's not looking at you saying, I wonder if uh, if what they did yesterday is going to be a pattern. I better hold off until I can see. The father's not looking at you saying, I need to teach you something because it looks like you're going off to a train wreck. He's not doing it, is he? He's he's looking at Jesus. He's focused and fixed on the blood of Jesus. He's looking at that gift, that sacrifice for you and I. And that's all he can see. Aren't y'all glad that's all he can see? And so he's not looking at you. He's not moved by you and me. He's not moved by what we do, and he's not moved by what we don't do. So if we're great, we do wonderful things, we're teaching Sunday school, we're in children's church, we're, we're, we're bringing big offerings, we're going out on evangelism, whatever you're doing, it doesn't qualify you because he's looking for the blood. And on the other hand, if you just showed up, <laughs> and you say, God, I need a miracle, but I just showed up on this program, he says, I'm looking at the blood, it won't be any problem. Could I have a better amen? Amen. 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 And so it says here in verse 3 whereby is given are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Let's say that th- let's read that whole uh, first part of that verse together verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Now let's say it again but let's put me in there. Whereby are given unto me exceeding great And precious promises. Now, the word says there that the promises are seeding great and they're precious. These promises are precious. Now, if someone had a cure for a deadly disease, a terminal disease, and you had that disease, but one little drop out of this little vial uh, would cure that disease, all you had to do is put that on the tip of your tongue, and whatever you had that that had numbered your days would take care of it, it would go, it would leave, it it would never come back. You would say that little vial would be very precious you would say, you know, what does it cost? Well, you know, it's probably going to be $500 a drop. Well, $500 for a long, cool drink down at the creek would probably be pretty expensive. But if you had a drop of this stuff, even at $500 a drop, you'd say, you know, that'd be worth it. Amen. You'd say, I'll pay it. $500 a drop, I'll pay it. It's not too much because I'm going to redeem my life back from that. Well, the Bible says here that these promises are like a drop of that, that cure. They are exceeding and precious. They are great and wonderful. These promises are everything you and I need. Buy it. Buy this. Everything God needs to get to you, everything is extracted out of the promises. You know, we've neglected this. Sometimes this is the last place people go. They've hunted down every doctor. They've tried every therapy. They've looked up on the Internet every possible cure. They know more about it than some uh, some of the specialists about certain things. Uh, And and still, they're frustrated. Still, they, they hadn't got to the end of it. But the Bible says here that by these promises... Let's read it again. It says here, "...whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises..." That by these, the promises, the exceeding uh, great and precious promises by these, ye might be partakers of the divine nature. That word partakers means partners. Look it up. It means partners. That you and I might be a partner of the divine nature by the promises. Not by what you've done or hallelujah, not by what you've not done. But it's by the promises. The promises are the great equalizer in your life. If you just showed up and got born again last weekend and you don't know, come on from Sikkim in the things of God. Or you've been here and you're a scholar. You can read Deuteronomy backwards by memory. It doesn't really matter. It's the promises that bring you into the fullness of God's plan. We got to know some promises. And we got to get some prayers answered. We got to have some insight about how to ask in a way that God can answer. But I'm telling you, people have flung stuff out there. Now I read a sign. And I wanted to talk about it last week, but I ran out of time. But here's the sign that was on a church. You know, I'm pretty famous for finding these church signs. Hallelujah. But here's what the sign said. It said, this is what it said. What is it about thou shalt not that you don't understand? What is it about thou shalt not that you don't understand? Doesn't that give you a warm fuzzy saying, come on in, there's more of this? One sign on the same sign another time says, if you like our sign, you'll sure love our sermons. Well, I didn't like their sign, <laughs> so I wasn't going to go hear their sermons. What is it about thou shalt not you don't understand? Well, you know, there, there's a little bit of a negative tone to that, that, that we're supposed to live by the thou shalt nots. Well, you know, there's a whole, there's a whole dispensation of people that live by the thou shalt nots. Don't do this and don't do that. And even after Jesus came, whole denominations and whole groups of people lived by the thou shalt nots. Thou shalt not go to the show. Thou shalt not play cards. Thou shalt not eat with a fork with four four prongs. I mean, we had the whole thou shalt not movement. Thou shalt not have your hair down. Thou shalt not have makeup. Thou shalt not, you know, just the whole run of thou shalt nots. I could get off my message just real easy right here. But here's what I come up with. Is I wanted to put a sign up there in the dark of night, of course, Hallelujah, that says, that says, what is it about thou art, thou shalt, thou haveth that you don't understand? (laughs) Amen. Amen, amen. That's the whole thing we're facing. Is what God's saying? What is it about thou that thou art? You don't understand. I called you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What is it you don't understand about being the righteousness of God? He said, "I've called you healed." What is it you don't understand about? I said, "By His stripes, ye were healed." God called you rich. What is it about rich you don't understand? He says, "I think we've been looking at the wrong thing." I think everything in our life we've been trying to undo so we can redo. Amen. Now, I don't have a torch and and I'm I'm a law abiding. So the sign still stands over there. I can't do a thing about it. Hallelujah. Except talk to you. (laughs) Hallelujah. I've been wanting to talk about that so long. I finally got it out. Amen. He said that he gives us exceeding great and precious promises. Now, they're only precious to who they become precious to. It's, it's the same for everybody. Everybody gets the same edition. You get the, the King, uh, King Jimmy version here, the King James version or whatever version you get in. It's going to say basically the same thing. And, and, and it can be a bookmark. I mean, it can, excuse me, a, a table uh, uh, item or it can be your life. It's just a, the value that you attribute to it, the value you give it. That's the value it takes on. Just because you have several Bibles doesn't mean if you've got four more Bibles than I do that you're four more times blessed than I am. It's the weight you put on these promises, the promises. Well, God values the promises. He said right here, the promises is where I'm at. But a lot of times people aren't on the promises. They're on generalities. They just know what they say the preacher knows. And so they'll they'll go to God saying, Lord, you know the preacher says that, that by his stripes I was healed. You know, that's not going to get it. How many of y'all know that hadn't got it, is what I'm trying to say. It hadn't got it. Let's look at the power of a promise this morning because we're going to have to have our power come from the promises, not from the thou shalt nots. You could thou shalt not all of the Ten Commandments and not have any power and not have a single miracle. Upright, Lord, I do not steal, I do not murder. I do not, you know, I do not, I do not. I, I'm, I'm right in there. This is the whole thing the rich young ruler came to the Lord Jesus. He said, uh, he said uh, what have you done? He said, I've kept them all since my youth. He said, one thing you lack. He said, you, need, you hadn't had any love. He said, go and sell your goods. Give to the poor. He didn't say give all of it to the poor. He said, give to the poor. In other words, liquidate some of your assets. <laughs> give to the poor, get a love flow going, and then take up your cross and follow me. And says he went away sad because he had many possessions. What's that got to do with anything? It was his heart. Amen. So I can attribute value to these promises and have my life changed. Amen. Now let's look here this morning at the power of a promise. A promise always answers a desire. Did y'all write that down? This, this is the major right here. A promise always answers a desire. If you don't have a desire, then the promise will not have value to you. In other words, solutions are important to people that have a problem. You could I could give you a solution, but if you don't have the problem the solution fixes, you're going big deal. Amen. If 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 I gave you the answer about thrust that'll turn the satellite light around in te- in space and I told you that, you know, this this certain thing would happen and and, 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 and that and that just was so wonderful to somebody, but it wasn't wonderful to you cuz you didn't have that problem. A a a promise Answers a desire. So what do you desire? There's a promise that answers you. You know, now a lot of Christians, they don't, or a lot of sinners, excuse me, don't want to become Christians because they don't see us collectively as a people that have much going. They don't see the promises being much different to us than the promises of the world being to them. We've not activated the promises with a desire that says, Lord, I want to go where you want me to go, do what you want me to do, be what you want me to be. But, uh, but you've got to get to the place where you want something so intensely that even if it's impossible to have it, you don't let go. All of a sudden, the promises will kick in and the impossible will become possible. Now, you don't have to get to the place where the doctor shakes his head and says, I don't know what to do. You don't have to get to the place where, where you owe half a million dollars and you're, you're, making, you're working at Walmart you, and, and you don't know what to do. You don't have to get to the place of desperation before you say, Lord, I'm going to try you. We ought to just be full. We ought to be happy. We ought to have our bills paid. We ought to be healed in our body and say, God, if I don't have you, what will I do? God, I'm so desperate for you and I have no troubles that I can say. I, I, Lord, I just got to have you. Now, that's the highest and the best, isn't it? The power of God is activated when someone receives it, excuse me, believes it. When you believe a promise, the power in that promise is activated. In other words, by his stripes ye were healed, for example. It means nothing, even if you know it and assent to it, it means nothing until you believe it. And that's all we're working on, isn't it? is getting unbelief and doubt, little, little skepticisms. We're getting those worked out of our life that says, well, you know, that's all. It's in every one of us, a little well. You know, when you just have that little well right there, you just know there's something bad going to follow. Or, or but, or I know, but. You, you, it's just there. It, that, is the, that is the fatal flaw. So we're working on that stuff. Because if, if faith knows anything, it knows the promise. Now, some people say, well, I know about the promise. And so in generalities, they'll speak and say, well, I know that God healed us. Now, Lord, I know you healed us. And so I'm just expecting to be healed. How many of y'all know that's a, that's a, that's a description of the promise? That may be a, a distillation of the promise, but that's not the promise. What is the promise? Well, it, it's concerning healing and health. It's all over the word, but one of them would be, Himself, who Himself bore our sin in His body on the tree, that we, having died to sin, should live under righteousness. And then that last part, and by whose stripes ye were healed. Now, if you take that to God and He hears His own word come back to it, He's moved. The Bible says even the devils believe and tremble. So it's not enough just to have a knowledge of how things work and and say, Yeah, I believe that stuff. You've got to have the promise in your life, the potential of a miracle is only limited by the believer. God is unlimited. You can take a promise and you can squeeze a promise out and it'll go and go and go. How far does it need to go? As far as you can believe for it to go. God's not ever saying, I'm shutting this thing off. You know, we got to pass this stuff around and if you'd get it all, well then I won't have enough somewhere else. No. As much as you need, He'll just go and go and go. Could I have a better Amen. Because some of y'all need Him in desperate terms. I believe God this morning that there, would be a, that, that there would be a discernible miracle in this service this morning. That someone would just rise up and just say, Bless God, today's my day. Bless the Lord, I'm just going to reach out and believe the promise. It doesn't matter if they lay hands on me. It doesn't matter if they call my deal out. It doesn't matter if the sermon's even about what I'm doing. I just believe I receive this morning and change would be effective. Amen? The spoken promise calls for the power, which then forms the miracle. Now, let me explain that to you. You can't just say, it's in the Bible and I believe the Bible. You can't say that and affect the power. The power comes by the spoken word. The spoken word activates the power and then the power forms the miracle of the promise in other words when you say by his stripes first peter 224 by his stripes you were healed when you speak that out words of conviction words of belief like i believe that the word says it i've settled it god's word he said what he meant he meant what he said i believe that lord i thank you for that i received by his stripes by the stripes of jesus i was healed those words spoken out into the created world begins to form that miracle and then releases the power that comes back and affects your body. See, Christians have just thought a lot of times that God was just magic, that he just looked down there and he just said, you know, I'm feeling pretty chipper today. I believe I'm just going to scatter this around. I'm going to spread the love here a little bit. And and down here on this section of town, I'm just thinking I'm going to let some good stuff go. It has nothing to do with that. You can be in the driest place in the universe. Pl- people where, where people don't believe, people are getting it, they don't want it. They're, they, they're totally uh, uh, belligerent to the things of God. And reach out with your faith and draw all of heaven into that one spot. Oh, and on the other hand, you'd be in a crowd of of of, 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 uh, of happy and blessed people, all just getting miracles and be dumb as a stump and hard as a rock. And it happen all around you and not get on you. Although I will tell you, Brother Hagen talks about that slopped over blessing, hallelujah, that even if you're in the midst of it, a lot of times just stuff happens because you're right there. It helps to be in the right place at the right time. Amen. 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 So the promises are created to be transferred. They're in here, but they're created to be transferred. They're not just good to say, well, you know, I read this and God's good. You know, I just look at how God, good God is because of all the good things he wants to do. You know, it doesn't really mean anything. Till you get it into your life there's nothing like a miracle to change your life it's nothing like the word working and you know how it worked that'll change your life I know people have had miracles and they didn't have a clue of how it happened they had the red socks on that morning and they went home and said you know I Erlene I believe it's the red socks I've never worn them and got a miracle you know every time I need something I'm gonna put those red socks on you know that that sounds dumb but I'm telling you it's not been uh, it's been about that silly sometimes Whole denominations have sprung up with same-like thinking. Well, amen. Even in, in these circles, even where we are, you can get funky thinking based on some demonstration, something that happened. Amen. So um, miracles, or the promise, excuse me, are worthless in your life until you receive them. Turn with me to James chapter uh, 4, if you would. We're talking about becoming an always-answered, Always answered asker. I'm an always answered asker. I don't talk much, but when I pray, when I ask, I always have a positive answer. I know that I know. I don't ask until I know. But when I know, then I ask. And when I ask, I have it coming. Hallelujah. So there's a little preparation to be done. There's a little bit of work behind the scenes to be done. We can't just get into an exciting meeting necessarily and just kind of throw it out there and see if it'll happen. We'll be disappointed. We'll be dejected. Our, ho- our heart will we'll lose hope if we just throw stuff out there, seeing that it'll happen. If we don't pray accurately. People have prayed for all manner of things in all manner of ways, and, and, and it was, many of it was unscriptural but we've just made it up. We've just, you know, somebody uh, did something and God honored it because of another thing. And so all of a sudden we have an institution in there. You know, when you fill out a prayer request card here, we, we, we require, we require you to put a scripture down, a promise down before we can, before we can agree with you. We have people though, that'll just say, need healing of cancer or something like that. There's no scripture. Why? There's not even sometimes a who it is. They just want us to pray out there and say, God, you know who it is and you know what they need. Lord, do something. Uh, You know, there's just not much power in that. Doesn't even sound like much power, does it? But if you went to God's word and said, Lord, you said. You didn't have to, but you said. And then you put a whosoever on there. Well, Lord, I'm agreeing. The power of agreement is powerful here. And Lord, I'm agreeing according to your word. And so you begin to work on some things. I tell you, you get answers. And it'll bring bring an integrity to the church. That's what we need is an integrity. Go to that church, and if they pray for you, they won't just pray for anything, but if they pray for you, bless God, it's on its way. Amen. James chapter 4, look in verse 2. We're just going to look at this one little part this morning. It says, Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain, ye fight and war, and here it is, yet ye have not because ye ask not. The Bible says, James says, that I have not because I ask not. So I know that promises don't just happen because I'm a good Christian or because I need them. See, sometimes people are suffering with something. And they, they, they go ahead and even though they heard or they have need, they get up and go to church anyway. And they get up and, and get on with a smile. And, and, you know, nobody knows the trouble they're in. Nobody knows the, what's going on behind the scenes. All of us had that testimony at one time, don't we? Y'all could say, you know, you just don't know what I, what I went through to get in that service. And, and, and there was even a little thing that says, well, you know, if you knew what, you know, I ought to be special here because I endured. I didn't just come in happy and, and feeling good. I endured to get in that service. Well, God doesn't give out the points just because you were present. I've seen people. Now y'all would think this was funny. I've seen people in this church get them some good rest with their eyes closed while I was preaching. (laughs) I mean, just were tired. I hope they were. I hope they were just exhausted. I hope there wasn't but thirty more minutes of of daylight in their in their whole being that they just had to get. uh, But they were asleep while I was preaching. Can you imagine? So it wouldn't matter that you were just present in a service that would cause God to say, you know, they were there, let, let me do something. Being a martyr, being a martyr does not move the hand of God. Well, God, I'm suffering for you. I hurt and I could be home like a lot of people that just feel good and, and have the money, but here I am, I, I'm using my last gas money to go out for you. Lord, surely you wouldn't let me be sick. has nothing to do with anything. I know it ought to you think well, you know, that's not fair But you know if god's fair and he has to do stuff uh, based on that Well, then what we don't do and how we fall short He's got to work that side of it and listen y'all that's not a good side to work We need to go on the grace (laughs) We need to go by the promises So he says you have not because you ask not Not because you've done good not because you've thou shalt not it not because you've suffered You've been a martyr not because you've been long-suffering Lord, I've been waiting for my healing for 20 years. Lord, I know there's a lot of people. Now, listen, I'm talking to you about real life conversations. I'm not making this up. Lord, I know there's a lot of people that are in worse shape than me, so I'm patient. I I didn't have to have mine right away because I know there's people in worse shape. But Lord, you know, after 20 years, it it ought to be my turn. How many of y'all know that has no validity in heaven? It's like, well, but it shouldn't. Well, you know, we knew a lady that was a soul winner. And she was in a cancer uh, hospital. And she was a soul winner. Got 60 people born again before she died in that hospital. They couldn't fix her. So people said, you know, naturally people said, well, the reason God put that on her and put it, so she'd go to that hospital and so she'd get those 60 people saved. Well, I'm just thinking, you know, just go figure. How come God, he, he said that my sheep hear my voice. How come God couldn't send her down there healed whole and healthy? And go room to room and say, have you received Jesus? I'm going to lay hands on you and you're going to recover. And then when she got through with everybody, went home, healed, whole, and healthy. So it's the promises. And you've got to get that in. And you've got to get everything else out. It's the promises. God is moved by the promises. When you have a, a radio or a, a, a dishwasher, say a dishwasher at home, you don't go and get the TV clicker and say, we're going to wash dishes tonight. Amen. You, you don't go in there and flush the commode and say, boy, these dishes are going to get clean tonight. You've got to hit the right button. <laughs> you've got to go over there and put your little, your little pumpkin hand on the little button, and you've got to push it in. We ought to be that smart with the things of God. And saying, well, you know, we, you cannot weigh with a thermometer. Amen. So we've got, we got to tune in. You can't play basketball with a bat. We've got to tune in. Turn with me to Mark chapter 11 if you would. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now you're going to learn something. You're going to get this thing honed down. You're going to get some things thrown overboard that, that you may have been depending on. And this is our job. This is what we're here to do is to, is to move the false crutch. thing, Religious crutches that people are depending on and they're holding on because they just don't want to let God down. And yet they're missing him a mile, but thinking, you know, if I just hang on a little longer, if I, just, if I just keep a chin up, if I just don't complain, and they're bitter inside. They're mad as hops inside. Somebody just comes in, some practically a sinner type comes in and just kind of waddles up to the front, you know, and we know what their life's been like. They, they've been out there having a big time and, and, the, and, and they get hands laid on them and they get healed. And then in the bulletin next week, and we have him come up and give his testimony? And we send him on the circuit, you know, how God just blessed him. And there you are, faithful and true and hurting all over. That makes people bitter. they are plenty ticked at God. Sweet on the outside, but raw on the inside. So we have some, we have some mad Christians because they don't think God's playing fair. They think he's a respecter, and he's not. Here's what he respects. He respects his promises. He respects his word. And if you come to him in faith by the name of Jesus, he is so dependable, he has never failed to deliver. He's got a bad rap. People are telling it. God God heals sometimes and God doesn't heal sometimes. No, people ask right sometimes and sometimes people don't ask right. And that's the connection. Mark chapter 11, are you there? Verse, Verse 23, for verily I say unto you, "...that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith." Now verse 24. Let's read verse 24 together. Verse 24, ready, read. "...therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Now, let's put that in first person, and let's read it again, putting you or I in there. Therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever things I desire, when I pray, I believe that I receive them, and I shall have them. Now, that's what Jesus said. He said that to you and me. So, first of all, you got to know that God. it did not say that someone that believes God shall have them well, I just love God and I just believe God. It doesn't mean that if you believe you need them, you shall have them. It doesn't say that, it, that you believe that you want them. And you get a martyr thing in here where people have done without for years and years and years and say, Lord, I've done without, I've not asked you. I know people that ask you all sorts of things, but Lord, I'm just asking you for one thing. Lord, if you just bless me with this one thing, I won't ask you anymore. This falls in there and Jesus did not qualify that. Hello. If you believe it's God's will for you to have them, Jesus didn't say that. He didn't say, if you just believe it's my will to have them, you shall have them. He said you had to believe you receive the promises. Whatever things you say, whatever things you desire, when you you speak them, when you uh, ministered back to the word then you shall have them. Look, look here in this word believe here. This word here in verse 24, it says, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe. That word believe in the Greek is the same word as the word commit. Now, would that make a difference? Commit that ye receive them. So there's some homework to being an always asker, answered asker is that you've got to get to the place that you can commit to receiving them you have to commit it's even the demons believe and tremble it says so it's not a thing that says well yeah I can believe that no it has to be to the exclusion of everything that doesn't believe that you have to commit to it when symptom comes you've already committed when need or lack or trouble comes you've already committed you've you've already hooked up you're already in league with you're already in union with you've committed Believing sometimes, that word in the English, sometimes is, is a little more accommodating, like you can believe more than one thing. But, but committing there means I'm online. I've had to think this out. I've had to throw everybody else overboard. I've had to deal with some stuff that wanted to sit in there with it. I'm committed to it. But now I want you to look here at this word take. Believe that you take them or believe that you receive them. I know we've talked about this, but I've got some new light on it. I looked up this word and, and, and really wanted to study it out because we need to be always answered askers. And he said, believe that ye receive them, you shall have them. Well, we need to know what receive means. The word means to catch. You know, when you catch something... It's obviously, uh, uh, you know, they'll do NFL and, and, and stuff like that. Did he catch it or did it bounce off the floor or did, you know, did the fumble cause it or anything? And they, they make great effort to determine whether it was a catch. Did he have possession? Or did he have one foot in? Everything's around. Did he catch it? Well, you and I ought to give that much attention to the promises that we need a miracle by. Did I catch? catch it. Believe that ye catch it. Not one foot out of bounds, not, you know, juggling it as you go out of bounds, not, you know, touching the ground. Believe that ye catch it. It also means to take in order to carry away. So this same principle of of catch, that you you take something that you're going to send into your future. You're going to carry this into your life. Like salvation, You know, we believed we received Jesus Christ into our heart, and we believed in a measure that we intend to live by it. We intend to build on it. Now, the word also means, and this is real interesting, it means to scheme, to plan, even by guile, to possess something. And I'm like, ooh, by guile. By guile means by craftiness. But it's used in the terms of hunting and fishing. Where you believe you take something and you bait the hook, you go out to the special hiding spot that only you know about, the secret fishing hole, or you get up in this secret little, you know, nobody knows about this particular. Uh, what do hunters get in? They get the blind. Yeah, the blind. I knew that. <laughs> Hallelujah. And uh, and and you lay hold of, or you prepare to receive something by planning and scheming, and even by guile, where you, you get a, a, a lure that is not really real, but it makes the fish think it's real. You begin to set up circumstances so you can receive it. You deal with everything in your life that won't work, that's not real, that, that, that won't produce. It means to claim or to take a thing due. Well, is healing due you? Well, you've got to know that. Well, Lord, if you, if you don't heal me, I'll just know it's because, you know, I've just been too bad too long. And, you know, you're disqualified right there. Lord, if you want me to have it, I know you'll send it. Well, right there, you've been rejected. Right there, your faith didn't go to work because you're not receiving it, and therefore, it's not coming, and you've already set it up. Lord, if I don't get it, you, you know, you don't want me to have it. And right there, you, you're, you're condemned. Hello. Amen. It means to appropriate unto oneself. It means to apprehend. The word means to not let go. Believe that you not let go, and ye shall have it. (laughs) Believe that you apprehend it, and ye shall have it. See, we've, we've held this verse pretty loose. Oh, yeah, I believe that. Oh, yeah, good enough. Yeah, I'll take it. If you're giving it out, God, I'm taking it. One of those deals. Whatsoever things you desire. When you pray, believe or commit that ye take it, and ye shall have it. That's the always answered asker. Well, you got to know how to take what's yours. So you've got to personalize the promises. See, we just personalized the promise here. You've got to personalize the promise. Now, there's little books out all over. I've got two or three. I brought one this morning. This is called Your Miracle Book by Marilyn Hickey. It's old as a tree. It's, uh, you know, but there's, there's promise books out. It says, what do you do when you need confidence? Not do you, what do you do when you're lukewarm spiritually? What do you do when you're in need of peace? What do you do when you feel rebellious? <laughs> what do you do when you feel condemned? What do you do when troubles hit your life? Okay, um, here's one. Here's a promise in Isaiah. It says, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. See, that's a promise. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. That's a promise from God's word. And so you can stand on that promise. Uh, when we went to Russia in 93, uh, you know, we had, some, we had some apprehension about going. Anything that you've never done. And Debbie had some promises and she sought God for them, and she laid hold of them, and she caught them. She received them. She apprehended them and took them. And God did all those things while we were over there. Now, you know, you take an old, uh, uh, uh veteran like pastor Avery, you know, he just skips through the country, but it was a trial of everything we had. And we said one of them prayers like, Lord, if you'll get me back <laughs> and we've been true to it ever since. Hallelujah. Um, Here's one. Here's a promise. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the Father of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be also to able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. That's a promise. It's not a promise Just say, well, Lord, I know you want me to be blessed. I, want you, I know you want me to be peace. Lord, I'm just receiving that. Sometimes you've got to go back to the root. And you've got to receive it by the promise. When you're in financial trouble, Psalms 3410 says, The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Now, that's a good promise. The the, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That's a good promise. I mean, I've stood on that. Now, we've stood on other words. You you heard her talk this morning about, the uh, or yesterday, whenever it was, the ends meet and they overlap. Well, see, that was a word that was given to us, a prophetic word, a word that was given by a word of knowledge or, a, a, you know, whatever. And, uh, and I'm telling you, that has helped us. The ends meet and they overlap. It, it, it looks like, Lord, it looks like they didn't meet. But, Lord, you said the ends would meet and overlap. And every time we've stood on that promise, every time we've laid hold of it, we've took it, we've, we've apprehended it. Sure enough, it all comes back. It all comes around. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 8 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to the, those which are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. God's giving freely. It's receiving that has been the problem. It's been us receiving. We've been under condemnation. We've been unqualified in our own mind. Like the, the, like the children of Israel in Numbers 13 that says of the giants, We were as grasshoppers in their sight. Hallelujah. How would they know that? How could they say that? But that's how they felt that they, that, that they were, and so they thought everybody could see it. We've been grasshoppers, some, some of us, and not received the promises. The Bible says, look with me in 1 John chapter 1. 1 John, got just a minute here. Let's look at this. We've got to get qualified according to the Word of God. We've got to let God qualify us. If you self-qualify yourselves, you'll always have less of what God has. You'll never, you'll never lay hold of everything he has. You have to be qualified by faith. First John chapter one, verse nine says, "If we confess our sins, if we agree, we concede, we admit, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness." Now I'm going to ask you this: When we commit our sins, do we become unrighteous? No, we're the righteousness of God when we commit sins or when we don't commit sins, aren't we? So where is the, where's the cleansing from all unrighteousness? Well, it'd have to be in our soul, wouldn't it? In our mind. Yeah, our will, our emotions. We, we, when we sin, we don't want to ask God anything. Now, y'all tell me that this is true. After you've messed up, we want, to wear, we want to wait a little while before we ask Him anything. This is universal. we like, I'm not coming boldly to the throne of grace. We're going to let this ride a while. It's everybody. It's hardly anybody that says, you know, I believe I'll just go b- lay hold of that new thing I need or, you know, no, 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 no. But see, God's not moved by time. The Bi- you know, people say, it's not in the Bible, people say that time heals all wounds. But it's not true. Jesus said, whatsoever things ye remit, they are remitted. And whatsoever things ye retain, they are retained. So it's forever. Even if they've forgotten it, it's in the Spirit. That's how come things, sins are passed down to the third and fourth generation. And so we we can't, we we have to, we have to get our souls, we have to get our minds cleansed from all unrighteousness. We do that by repenting. But it really has nothing to do with our spiritual condition. It has everything to do with our boldness to come to the throne of grace. That we, that we're able, we're empowered to go back and ask Him because we're cleansed. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I looked up that word made and because it says I was made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And the word literally means to be assembled. I was assembled into the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The word means to be finished, to be fulfilled. It means to be kept. I was fulfilled. In the right. Nothing lacking, nothing needful. It got finished right there. Not something that's, you know, people say, y'all pray for me. Uh, uh, God's not finished with me yet. Really? What's He going to do? What's yet to be done? There's nothing He can do. He's done it all. We're not through receiving all that He's done for us, but God's finished with you. If you don't like it, you got to take it up with your unrenewed mind because it just doesn't know enough yet. Amen? Amen. So your job is to find the promises that pertain to your situation. Your job is to get them in your heart, to write them in your heart. Not just to say, well, you know, I got a trouble. I'll look that up. I'll find one when I get home. Because sometimes trouble comes before you have a chance to get home. Look it up. So you got to have them written down so they can immediately put a barrier between you and trouble. Immediately, you, they'll come out of your heart and you'll begin to speak that. In the absence of a promise, you'll speak the problem. You'll speak what you see. You'll, you'll repeat what you've heard. You'll, you'll draw out of experience. Mom always said. Well, Mama, you know, if Mama wasn't saying the promises, you know, Mama had trouble. (laughs) Hallelujah. Do you see how easy it is to be powerful? But see, we're so busy working on these problems from the outside. And all the outside can do is treat the symptoms. But if you work on the inside, the inside will birth and create the outside. Everything that's on the outside came from the inside. Healing comes from the inside. You get, you get healing by getting your heart strong, getting your spirit strong in the things concerning healing so that, that from the inward man, healing emanates or radiates out of your inward man. A healthy spirit radiates out into your flesh. You can't do it from the outside in. It'll come back. It, it, you know, you can clear it up for a while, but it'll come back if you don't get back on the inside. Prosperity. We've talked about it a thousand times. How someone can win. They can, they can come into an inheritance. They can win the lotto and have all kinds of money, but having no framework on the inward man... The outward man being unrenewed, not used to having this kind of money, not knowing what to do with it, never gone there in faith. Bless God, I am prosperous now. Bless God, I'm a giver. Bless God, my bills are paid. Bless God, I'm paying off other people's bills. Already having that framework built in, they'll get this money and not knowing what to do with it, the flesh will take over. The unrenewed mind will win. And, and they'll lose it. It'll, it'll go. It can't stay because it has no purpose. So we've got to find a purpose for our life. Most people don't Bring the promises to bear because they don't know the purpose for their life. I told you at the beginning that a promise always answers a desire. So we have people that don't have much going on in the promise realm because they don't know what their purpose is for life. If you know what your purpose is, all of a sudden you know how hard that is, how challenging that is to get that on your own, to be a so-called self-made man, so you'll start bearing down on the promises. See, if you're called into the ministry, you've got work to do with the promises. If you're called to be a paymaster, then you've got work to do with the promises. If you're called to lay hands on the sick, you've got work to do with the promises. If you're called to be given to hospitality or just to be a peacemaker, you've got work to do in the promises. If you're called to be a reconciler, which we all are, all these things, you've got work to do in the promises. Amen? Amen? You wouldn't, want, you wouldn't want somebody in your family to fall over with something uh, potentially fatal and you not have the promises to bring them back to life. You wouldn't want anybody to be in that position. But, but, but it brings it home when we say, well, what if this happened? Well, I need to be ready. I need to have the promises down inside of me to raise someone from the dead. Are you ready? Are we getting ready? Well, if not A, let's do B. Let's get ready. Let's quit concentrating on religion and being good enough. Let's put the promises inside. Get you a book like this or just go through the scriptures. Uh, I know in Debbie's Bible, she's real big about it. She's got every healing scripture known to, I guess, known to anybody. She's got it in a certain color in her Bible. And so, you know, I just go to the little book here. Hallelujah. But, you know, you need to know some things. If If you're believing God for healing, you need to know the promises. You need to know more than just God's a healer. You've got to sing, you've got to bring the promises back to God and say, you said, you're not a, God that, you're not a man that you should lie, and you said, and I believe it, and I'm not, I'm not loosening myself until I have it. Let's stand up this morning. Now, if you've got a promise that you're working this morning, I guarantee you, by the authority of God's word,